ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار we continue with the explanation of the 40 hadith of al-imam an-nawawi rahimahullah ta'ala and we are still on the hadith of jibril alayhi salam and tonight we arrive to al-iman bil-kutub belief in the books as we have in the narration when jibril alayhi salam he asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam about iman the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned al-iman an tu'mina billah malaikatihi wa kutubihi that belief or faith is that you believe in Allah his angels and his books wa kutubihi and this is where we have arrived belief in the books of Allah is divided into two categories you have a general belief and then you have the specific belief as for belief in the books of Allah generally speaking we believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he sent down books with his messengers as a means of guidance and direction and these messengers alayhim assalam they conveyed the books of allah to the people as was revealed to them and no messenger ever changed the words of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rather what was revealed was conveyed as it was revealed every messenger received the book so there are many books as there are many messengers so we believe in that generally but when it comes to the specifics 
We believe in those books that we know by name. We believe in the books that we know by name. We be, as an example, we believe in the suhuf of Ibrahim salam. The pages of Ibrahim. We also believe in the suhuf of Musa if we hold the view that the suhuf is different from the Torah. We believe in the pages of Musa. We believe in the Torah. We believe in the, in, in the Injil, which was revealed to Isa alayhi salam. We believe in the Zabur that was revealed to the Prophet Dawood alayhi salam. And we believe in the Quran. We believe in the Quran. Out of all of the books, the Quran is the greatest of the books. We have to believe this. The Quran is the greatest of the books. And the Quran is the superior books, book over the previous books. The Quran is the superior book over the previous books. Even though all of them came from Allah, and the books when revealed to the messengers, this is the Allah speech. But the Quran is superior. And this is based upon the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse number 48. Allah Azza wa he mentions, وَأَنزَوْنَ إِلَيْكَ الْكِتَابِ بِالْحَقِّ مُصَدِّقًا لِمَا بَيْنَ يَدَيْ مِنَ الْكِتَابِ وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ Allah Azza wa Jal, He states what means, and we reveal to you, meaning you, O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, we reveal to you the book in truth, confirming that which is before it from the scriptures. So here Allah Azza wa Jal establishes with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that He revealed the Quran to him in truth, meaning that the Quran is a book that is free from doubts and free from falsehood and lies. There are no lies and no doubtful affairs in the Quran. The Quran is the book of truth. And this Quran that Allah revealed to the Prophet ﷺ is a means of confirming that which has been revealed before, meaning from the previous scriptures. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, He states, وَمُهَيْمِنًا عَلَيْهِ And the Qur'an is muhaymin over the previous scriptures. When you go back to the tafsir of this verse, the scholars, they give different interpretations. And these different interpretations are all true when it comes to the Qur'an in relation to the previous scriptures. Ibn Abbas radiallahu anhi mentioned Al-Muhaymin Al-Ameen Al-Muhaymin Al-Ameen Al-Quran Ameen ala kulli kitabin qabla What is meant by Muhaymin is that the Quran is Al-Ameen it is trusted so the Qur'an is trusted over every book before it. Another interpretation that has been given on Ibn Abbas radiallahu an, Shahidan, 
يعني مهيمنا عليه يعني شهيدا عليه that the Quran is a witness over the previous scriptures another interpretation given hakiman that the Quran is a hakim meaning the Quran is a judge over the previous scriptures meaning that we use the Quran to determine what's right and wrong from the previous scriptures when it comes to the book that we use for guidance then we trust the Quran over the previous scriptures the Quran, the Quran is superior to the Torah and the Injil even though it's what Allah revealed in the original form that is Allah Azzawajal is the one who made this portion of his speech greater than that portion of his speech because all of the revelation is the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he revealed in those books now so the Quran is muhaymin over the previous scriptures meaning it is superior over the previous scriptures so Allah Azzawajal continues فَحْكُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ بِمَا أَنزَلَ اللَّهِ Allah, he tells the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam as a result of that meaning as a result of the Qur'an being the book that Allah revealed to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in truth confirming that which is before it and it being the judge entrusted over the previous scriptures superior over the previous scriptures because of that, judge between them by that which Allah has revealed. So Allah Azzawajal is commanding the Prophet Wasallam to judge by the Qur'an. وَلَا أَهْوَاءَهُمْ عَمَّا جَاءَكَ مِنَ الْحَقِّ And do not follow their desires in place of that which has come to you from the truth. So we give nothing precedence over the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The Qur'an is the superior book over all books. Allah azza wa jal, He mentions concerning the Qur'an, and this is in Surah Al-Hijr, verse number 9. إِنَّا نَحْنُ نَزَّلْنَا الذِّكْرِ Indeed, we reveal to you the revelation. And indeed, we will preserve it. So here Allah Azza wa Jal has mentioned that He revealed the revelation. We, here is the royal we, Allah is speaking about Himself. Indeed, we revealed to you the revelation. This is the royal we. Allah is speaking about Himself and indeed we will preserve it. So Allah Azza wa Jal has given the, the promise that He will preserve the Qur'an. However, the previous scriptures Allah Azza wa Jal entrusted the scribes to preserve the scriptures. And that's where the corruption came from. Not from the prophets, 
But the corruption came from those who were entrusted with preserving the previous scriptures, the scribes. But for this book, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decreed that He Himself will preserve it. So that means that the Quran can never be changed. No one can add anything to the Quran or take away anything from the Quran except that is going to be known and exposed. There is no hidden Quran. As some say, there is a Quran or the Mus'haf of Fatima. And they say that this Mus'haf of Fatima is three times more the Quran that we have. So basically, over 18,000 verses. So you know how much of the religion will be missing? If that's true. Allah Azza wa Jal said He preserved the Quran. So the claim that there was a Mus'haf called the Mus'haf of Fatima, meaning Fatima, the daughter of the Prophet ﷺ, that she had another Mus'haf, which is basically three times more the Mus'haf that we have today. This is incorrect. Based upon this verse. And based upon that which the Sahaba radiallahu anhum were agreed upon, there was no such thing as a Mus'haf of Fatima that was three times more that which Abu Bakr radiallahu an gathered together. And that which the Sahaba in the time of Uthman, Ibn Affan, they united upon regarding the Mus'haf of Uthman and the likes. So Allah, He says, Indeed, we reveal the revelation, meaning the Qur'an. But this also includes the Sunnah. Because the Sunnah is also revelation from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. As Allah Azza wa Jal mentions regarding the Prophet sallallahu And he, meaning the Messenger sallallahu he does not speak from his desires. It's only revelation that's revealed to him. So the Quran is revelation, and the Sunnah is also revelation. As the Prophet sallallahu himself, he mentioned, Ala inni utitul kitab wa ma'a. Indeed, I have been given the book, meaning the Quran, and it's like along with it. What's meant by and it's like along with it? Meaning the sunnah, the Prophet sallallahu has been given by way of Allah. And it is similar to the Quran from the aspect of it being revelation. Now, so the Quran is preserved. The time it came down, and then after it was revealed to the Prophet ﷺ, even after the death of the Prophet ﷺ, the Quran is still intact. And this is one of the miracles or the signs that Islam is the truth, the preservation of the Quran. And it has not been distorted. So as it was coming down to the Prophet Wasallam, Allah protected the Qur'an from the shayateen. And Allah allowed it 
to be firmly established in the heart of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And the Quran was memorized by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and by other than him from the Sahaba radiyallahu anhum ajma'in. And even after the death of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, up until this day of ours, we have those who have memorized the Quran. And these numbers are great with, throughout the Muslim world as far as the hufaz of the Qur'an. This is a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon this ummah that we have. Those who have memorized the Qur'an by heart. From Al-Fatiha to Surah Al-Nas. And you have those who can write the entire Qur'an out from memory. No mistakes. This is a, a ni'mah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and one of the means that Allah azza wa jal has preserved the Qur'an. All of this lends to the point that the Qur'an it is superior over the previous books because you do not have this type of affair as it relates to the Torah and the Injil. The next matter, Barakallah Fikum. What is the position that we take when it comes to the Torah and the Injil? We have an authentic narration from the Prophet وسلم, and this narration is on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. Kala Kana Ahlul Kitab Yakuraun Torah. that the people of the book, they used to read the Torah in Hebrew, and then they will interpret it in Arabic to the people of Islam, to the Muslims. So the Messenger wasallam he said, do not believe the people of the book, do not confirm what they say, nor belie them. And say, we believe in Allah and that which has been revealed. In another wording, فَإِن كَانَ بَاطِلًا لَمْ تُصَدِّقُوهُ وَإِن كَانَ حَقًّا لَمْ تُكَذِّبُوهُ If what they say from the Torah is false, don't believe it, don't confirm it. And if what they say is true, then don't belie it, don't declare it to be a lie. So we have three positions when it comes to the previous books. The first position is whatever reaches us from the people of the book regarding their books. If it is confirmed by way of the Quran, we say that it's the truth. We don't deny it. Because Allah confirms it. Or the Prophet confirmed it. And this is just being just. 
The second is something reaches us from them or from their books that goes against the Quran or goes against what the Prophet ﷺ, he said, we reject it. We say that's not true. And then the third matter or the third position or category is that which is not confirmed nor is it denied. This is when we say we believe in that which Allah has revealed. We believe in, in that which Allah has revealed. Meaning we believe in the Torah and the Injil. Whatever Allah revealed, that's what we believe in. That way we do not confirm something that's a lie or deny something that's the truth. And it goes back again, Barakallah Fikum, to the Quran being superior. This is our stance when it comes to the Bible or any other book that the people of the book have. If it is confirmed by way of the Quran, by way of the teachings of the Prophet, we say, yes, that is the truth. As an example, in the Bible is mentioned that there was a prophet by the name of Noah and he built an ark. We say, yes, that's true. That's correct. That, that yes, that happened. How? Allah mentions it in the Quran. Allah mentions it in the Quran. So we don't deny that the Prophet Noah, he existed and he built an ark to say that we don't deny that. But now, in the Christian narrative, his wife was with him on the boat. We say no, that's not correct. Because Allah in the Quran mentions that she was amongst the people who died. Right? She was amongst the people who died. She disbelieved. She didn't believe in the Prophet Noah alayhi salam. So whatever reaches us that is confirmed by way of the Qur'an, by way of the teachings of the Prophet ﷺ, we say that that's the truth. It doesn't take anything away from us. If someone who is not a Muslim comes with the truth, acknowledge the truth. It doesn't take anything away from your Islam. Acknowledge the truth. Because the truth, as the statement goes, is the lost property of the believer. So if someone who is not a Muslim speaks the truth, we say yes, this is correct. Like when the Jew, during the time of the Prophet wasallam, spoke about the punishment of the grave. And the Prophet wasallam was questioned. He confirmed, yes, that's true. That's true. He didn't say, no, it's not true, and denied it just because the knowledge came from someone who was from Ahl Kitab. No, the Prophet Sallallahu acknowledged the truth of what was said. Barakallah fikum. However, this does not mean that we go searching for the truth up with them. We don't go to them asking them for the truth and for guidance. The guidance is in the book of Allah. The guidance is in the teachings of the Prophet Sallallahu But sometimes we come in contact with the people of the book. And there's an exchange. And then they tell us things that they have read in their book. Okay, if it's correct, it goes in accordance to what's in the Quran. We say, yes, that's correct. We believe in that. But if it's something that goes against the teachings of Islam, like in the Bible it mentions that Isa salam was crucified. We don't accept that. We don't accept that. But then in the Gospel of Barnabas, 
it mentions that Isa salam or Jesus was not crucified and he was actually he ascended into the heavens. We say that's true because that agrees with what's in the Quran. So this is the position that we take in relation to that which comes to us from Al Kitab. Remember the narration where Umar ibn Khattab he came to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and he had in his hand some pages from the Torah and the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he became upset with Umar and he said to him a mutahawwik ya ibn al-Khattab are you in doubt O son of Khattab he said, لو كان أخي موسى حيا ما وسعه إلا أن يتبعني وكما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم. He said, if my brother Musa was alive, it would not befit him to do anything except follow me. So the scholars have extracted from this narration that number one, what the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم came with suffices us. We are not in need of the Torah. We are not in need of the Injil. Okay, and it's not for every Muslim to be reading from the Bible. That's for the people who are grounded in knowledge and they are studying it for the purpose of exposing the falsehood that's there. And they are the ones who are in the position to debate with the people of the book. But this is not for every Muslim to pick up the Bible and read the Bible. This is not allowed. I'm going to leave for time, inshallah. So it's not for every single individual to read the Bible from amongst the Muslims. This is from or for those who are grounded in knowledge and who know the truth from falsehood and who are able to decipher. And this is for research purposes to expose the falsehood and the contradictions and the likes. But as for reading a book for guidance, and we have the Quran which suffices. As Allah Azawajal mentions, Inna Hadal Quran Yahdi Lilati that indeed this Quran it guides to that which is more upright. So we believe in all of the books that Allah revealed, those we do not know by name, and then those we do know by name. From the Torah, the Injil, the Zabur, the Suhuf of Ibrahim, the Suhuf of Musa, and the Quran, which was revealed to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. A part of believing uh, in the Quran is that we believe that the Quran is the speech of Allah and it is not created. As there came some groups amongst the early generations of the Muslims, they deny that the Qur'an was Allah's speech. And they said that the Qur'an is created. And you have the mihla of Al-Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah ta'ala, he opposed them. And Imam Ahmad, rahimahullah, he was imprisoned. He was beat because of him standing firm Upon the belief that the Quran is Allah's speech and it is not created. 
and that Allah Azza wa Jal spoke to Jibreel alayhi salam. And Jibreel he heard Allah, and then Jibreel took what he heard from Allah and conveyed it to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this is the correct belief as it relates to the Quran. And believing in the Quran also means that we have to act in accordance to the Quran. Belief is not just believing with the heart or the statement that the Quran is the truth, but we have to live in accordance with the Quran. Whatever Allah declares to be halal by way of His book, we say it's halal. Whatever Allah declares to be haram, then we say it's haram and believe that it's haram. When Allah Azza wa Jal commands us to obey the messenger, we obey the messenger. When He commands us to take what the messenger has given us, we take that. When He commands us to leave alone that which the Prophet prohibited us from, we leave it alone. All of this is a part of believing in the Qur'an. And we do not abandon the Qur'an. We post we should read the Qur'an daily, a portion of the Qur'an daily, and this is to strengthen our hearts. As we see that Allah Azza wa Jal, He revealed the Qur'an to the Prophet Wasallam in stages. It didn't all come down to the Prophet at once. Rather, the Qur'an came down to the Prophet Wasallam in stages. And in Allah Azza wa Jal, revealing the Qur'an to the Prophet ﷺ in stages, this was a means to strengthen uh, the Prophet ﷺ. And the proof of this is Surah Al-Furqan, verse number 32. As Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, وَقَالَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا لَوْلَا نُزِّلَ عَلَيْهِ الْقُرْآنِ جُمْلَةً وَاحِدًا كَذَلِكَ لِنُثَبِّتَ بِهِ فُؤَادَكَ The disbelievers they say, why hasn't the Qur'an come down upon him all at once? This is what the disbelievers were saying. That the Qur'an should have come down to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam all at once. Allah Azza wa Jal responds to them by saying, Likewise, we have done so in order to strengthen your heart or make your heart established. Meaning, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, we revealed the Qur'an to you in stages in order to make your heart strong. So when the Prophet would go through something in conveying the message of Allah, Allah would reveal revelation to keep him firm, to keep him focused. So likewise, if we read a portion of the Qur'an every day, the same effect happens, that it keeps us focused, it keeps us our feet firm upon the religion. So one should not Abandon the Qur'an Don't abandon reading it Don't abandon memorizing it Don't abandon practicing it Don't abandon it As Some people they only read the Qur'an in Ramadan If that And then the rest of the year the Qur'an is on the shelf no, We should read the Qur'an daily And especially for those of us who are memorizing Qur'an We should be doing our best 
to maintain that which we have memorized from the Quran because the Prophet ﷺ gave a similitude that the Quran is like a camel that if you don't tie it up, it'll run away from you. So if you don't constantly review the Quran and the best way to review the Quran is at night when you get up to pray Qiyamul Layl or Tahajjud recite what you have memorized throughout your salawat throughout your raka'at and that's how you keep the Quran and also teaching the Quran as the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned uh, in the hadith of Uthman ibn Affan khayrukum man ta'allama al-Quran wa'allama that the best of you are those who learn the Quran and then teach it to others but reading the Qur'an daily, Barakallahu Fikum, it is a means of establishing one's heart, establishing a person's feet firmly upon the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person denies anything from the Qur'an, this is disbelief. We have to believe in the Qur'an in its entirety and have certainty regarding what Allah has revealed. It is not allowed for us to deny anything in the Qur'an. And the people in relation to their submission to the Qur'an, they are on different levels, just as people are on different levels of faith. Some people, their practice of the Qur'an is stronger than others. But even in a person's weakness, don't deny anything. Okay, you may, have, you may be struggling with the practice of some of the teachings in the Qur'an. But don't deny it. Don't declare it to be wrong. Don't say, oh, that's cultural. No, that's Allah's word. Guidance for all of mankind. What Allah revealed in the Qur'an is for everyone. White, black, Arab, non-Arab, the guidance is for everyone. And we must believe that. But just as the Messenger وسلم, is the messenger to all mankind, right? His message, the message comes from the Qur'an. The message, it comes from the Qur'an. So the Qur'an is for everyone. In every place, at all times. If a person says, well, we can't practice the Qur'an because we live in a modern time, this is disbelief. Because remember, Allah Azzawajal, He is Al-Alim, the All-Knowing. So when Allah Azzawajal revealed the Qur'an to the Prophet at that time, Allah Azzawajal already knew what was to come in the future. And still, He made this the book to be the book for all of mankind. So one should never say that the Qur'an is not suitable to be practiced during these times. You know, the Quran is suitable for all times. But there will come a time towards the last days where Allah will raise the Quran up from the earth. It will be removed from the Musahif, and whoever memorized something from the Quran, it will be removed from his heart. And that will come as a result of the negligence of the people regarding the Quran. So the punishment is that Allah will remove the Qur'an totally from the earth. But again, this would be towards the last days when Allah Azzawajal will remove the Qur'an from the people.
much time? Huh? 14 minutes? Time. We move on to Al-Iman Bil-Rusul. As the Prophet ﷺ said, وَرُسُلِهِ And his messengers. Likewise, there is a general belief in the messengers, and then the specific belief in the messengers. Generally, we believe that Allah He sent messengers to all of mankind as a means of guidance. As a means of guidance. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is merciful to His creation. And a part of the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is that He sent the messengers for the purpose of giving glad tidings of paradise, the reward of paradise for the people of Tawheed, monotheism. Also, they are warners. They are warners against the hellfire, warners against worshipping other than Allah, warners against disbelieving. Also, the messenger, their job is to establish the proof upon the people. And Allah Azza wa Jal mentions this in Surah An-Nisa, verse 165, Messengers who are givers of glad tidings and they are warners. In order that the people will not have an argument against Allah after the sending of the messengers. And Allah is almighty and all wise. So here Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions the messengers and their duties and responsibilities that they came with. That they were rusul, meaning Allah sent them. Mubashireen wa mundireen. Givers of glad tidings and they are warners. So you see here that the da'wah of the messengers is not one-sided. They don't, they don't only, or they did not only speak about paradise and the delights of paradise and the reward for the good people. They didn't speak about that alone. They spoke about that, but they also warned the people against the hellfire and warned the people against disobeying Allah and disbelieving in Allah. And they didn't just focus on that. So likewise, we as teachers, or when we speak about Islam, this is the methodology of the messengers, that we give glad tidings, but also there has to be the warning against the punishment of Allah, against disbelieving in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the messengers, when they came and conveyed the message, now the proof is established upon the people. But here's a question. Can the proof only be established by way of the messenger himself? Yes or no? Huh? You say no. Anyone says yes? Can the proof only be established by way of the messenger himself? Or can be established by other than the messenger? The proof of Allah's existence, the proof of Allah Azza having the right to be worshipped, the proof that if you disbelieve in Allah and die upon disbelief, your destination is the hellfire. Huh? The messengers and other than the messengers, yes. And the proof of this is the narration in which a man came 
to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and asked, "Where's my father? Ain't Abi?" Qala fil nahr. So the man, the Prophet said, "Your father's in the hellfire." The man he turned away sad. The Prophet called him back. He said, "Abi wa abuk fil nahr. My father and your father are both in the hellfire." Another narration is during the time when the Prophet ﷺ was traveling, he had asked Allah can he make or seek forgiveness for his mother? Because he visited the grave of his mother. And the Prophet asked Allah, could he seek forgiveness? And Allah did not give him the permission to seek forgiveness for his mother. But he allowed him to visit the grave. And then the Prophet ﷺ was at the grave of his mother crying. And then he said, I used to prevent you from visiting the graves. فَزُورُوهَا فَإِنَّهَا تُذَكِّرُكُمْ بِالْمَوْتِ He said, I used to prevent you or prohibit you from visiting the graves, but now visit the graves for indeed they remind you of death. So the scholars, they deal with the issue, how is it? That the Prophet ﷺ was not allowed to seek forgiveness for his mother. They say because she died upon shirk. But then the next question comes, but there was no Prophet and Messenger between Isa ﷺ and the Prophet Muhammad. ﷺ. So how is it that his parents can both be in the hellfire? The answer, Barakallah Fikum, is because there were people who lived in the Arabian Peninsula who did not worship idols. And they used to openly oppose the Quraysh and the tribes And say that we are upon the religion of Ibrahim So the presence of those people was the proof against the others Because they were carrying the message So the proof is not only established upon the people by way of the messenger himself That he has to speak to the person in order for the proof to be established Case in point Prophet Muhammad is dead. But we as the Muslims are still carrying the message. So when we as Muslims come in contact with people and we convey to them Islam and the person understands and the person rejects, the proof has been established upon them. This is understood? So no one can say that the messenger has to be the one to speak to the person directly in order for the proof to be established because Allah says in the Quran, that he sent messengers as givers of glad tidings and warnings in order that the people do not have an argument against Allah. Yes, that's the job of the messengers. But those who lived after the messengers carrying the message, they also take their portion of that, of givers of glad tidings and warnings. And by way of them, Allah establishes the proof upon the people. Now. So we believe generally in the messengers. And there is a narration I mentioned. Uh, there's about 315 to 18 messengers and like 125,000 prophets. Meaning in total. And it shows that every messenger is a prophet, but not every prophet is a messenger. Every messenger is a prophet, 
but not every prophet is a messenger. Inshallah Ta'ala, in the next class, we're going to the details, Ta'ala, regarding the difference between a prophet and a messenger. Inshallah Ta'ala, we'll stop at this point. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah Azza wa Jal alone. Whatever is incorrect, it is from myself. Subhanakallahumma bihamdik. Shadu an la ilaha illa anta staghfiruka wa antum ilayk.